Welcome to the Put Cancer Behind You podcast, a series dedicated to helping cancer patients and survivors live healthy, happy lives. I'm your host, Maria Varnes. In today's episode, there won't be a guest. Instead, I've decided to share a little bit about how I put myself into remission from terminal cancer. What you'll hear isn't anything supported by the American Medical Association, and no doctor that I know of would ever prescribe what I'm going to tell you. However, it's not just how I got well, it's how I'm staying well. It all begins with A Course in Miracles, a divinely inspired mind training curriculum that centers on spiritual transformation. The course was scribed by Dr. Helen Shuckman, a professor of medical psychology at Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York City. She and her boss, Bill Thetford, had never gotten along. And one day, as Helen writes in the book's preface, Bill quote-unquote announced that he was tired of the angry and aggressive feelings our attitudes reflected and concluded that there must be another way. As if on cue, I agreed to help him find it. Apparently, this course is the other way, end quote. And for them, it actually was. Shortly after Bill's statement, Helen began hearing a voice in her head. She would write it down in a notepad using shorthand, and Bill would type it out. The entire project took them seven years to complete and ultimately led to A Course in Miracles being published in 1975. Since its appearance on the world stage, Millions of people have studied the tenets of A Course in Miracles, but not everyone gets it in the beginning. That's because it's not an easy book to understand. Helen was a very formal individual, and the information that came through her reflected both her personality and love of language, and in particular, Shakespearean language. Therefore, the style of the prose in the book is much more formal than most of what's written today. It wasn't until I sat down to write my first book, Put Cancer Behind You, in 2019, after studying the course for more than 15 years, that I began to fully appreciate its teachings. And that happened as I listened to Tina Louise Spaulding, a trance channel who channels Jesus. At the time, Jesus was explaining each of the 365 text lessons from the course. So as I was writing the book, I was able to compare the information I was writing with what he was saying through Tina. And as I immersed myself in feeling what Jesus was talking about, everything in my life changed. So just what are the course tenets that once accepted lead people to completely transform their relationships and the quality of their lives? Well, first and foremost, the course teaches forgiveness. Not forgiveness the way most of us were taught as children. It's quantum forgiveness. To practice quantum or true forgiveness is to forgive someone completely. Instead of seeing that person as guilty of anything, you acknowledge that they're guilty of nothing. You see them as the perfect child of God they really are and let everything go. That's way too difficult for most people to accept unless they've accepted another basic tenet of the Course, that the world and in fact the universe as we know it, is an illusion. As the Course states in its introduction, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. I remember reading that for the first time and trying to wrap my head around it. 
and to put it into English with the understanding that I now have, nothing real can be threatened means heaven cannot be threatened. It's real. And only what is created by God as it was created and where it was created is real and eternal. And because of that, everything God creates is safe in heaven forever. Nothing exists to threaten anything there. It's an existence of pure loving oneness. The Course also makes clear that everything real is a construct of the mind of God. So everything God creates exists as a thought in the mind of God. And since thoughts never leave their source, as it says in the Course, everything remains in the mind of God, completely unified, completely loved, and completely loving, always. We, as spirits, which is our true nature, are thoughts in the mind of God, or heaven. And that's the home we never left. So because God is both perfect love and all that is, nothing else exists. That explains why, quote, nothing unreal exists, end quote, end quote, therein lies the peace of God, end quote. In essence, all that is just is. So reality or heaven is perfect and never changes. It just is for eternity. And anything that seems to change isn't perfect and therefore it's not real because it was not created by God who only makes perfection. And that makes it an illusion or a dream. And that's where we find ourselves, here in the illusion. So how did we end up here in the dream or the illusion when heaven is reality? Well, as it tells us in the Course, into eternity where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which all of creation remembered not to laugh. So what was it that we all took so seriously and which led to us experiencing life on earth as we know it today? Well, it's the idea that there could be more. If God is actually all that is, that's impossible in reality but it's not impossible in a dream. So what happened in essence is that the eternal unified collective mind, known as all of creation, split, with half of that oneness remaining conscious and awake in heaven, and the other half appearing to fall asleep so that it could dream into existence that which cannot exist in heaven, where all that is. And God allowed it because God loves all of its creations and gave us the ultimate gift of free will. So our experience, which we chose with great enthusiasm and with which we were given carte blanche to experience, thanks to free will, is living the more than all that is that we wanted to experience. It's the opportunity to know that which is not perfect, not changeless, not unified, not eternal, and not loving. That's the nature of duality a state in which there is more than oneness and which is not of God. So to get back to quantum forgiveness, what the Course teaches is that with true forgiveness, you forgive someone because whatever they have done or not done is part of a dream. And therefore, from heaven's standpoint and from God's perspective, it's not real. So how can they be guilty of anything? True forgiveness overlooks the dream and remembers the reality of heaven, and the truth of who you are. It sees only love and oneness, and all apparent sin is recognized as an error made in a dream that is so fleeting that not a note is missed in the song of heaven while we seem to step away from it 
to experience that which does not and cannot actually exist. More importantly, since there's only one of us, although we seem to be many and all separate from each other, on some level, we're all still connected, even in the dream. So to forgive the other is to forgive yourself. We're all here playing out our dreams on the stage of a life in a 3D world that does not exist, and we've been allowed to do it. So with true forgiveness, you honor that. You recognize that it's all your dream, and everyone is a projection from your mind out into the dream world. As Carl Jung put it, perception is projection, and everyone in your dream is but another aspect of you. For the record, the Course also states that God has nothing to do with the dream. God only knows its creations as it created them and as they remain eternally, which means as they are in heaven. Here in the dream, we're the creators of everything, which is the more we wanted to experience. That means God did not create the universe or the earth as we know it, and God is not responsible for anything that seems to occur in the dream. We're the master creators here. That's what we came for, and that's what quantum forgiveness recognizes. Another equally important tenet of A Course in Miracles, and one that I missed for a very long time, is radical acceptance. In physics, that's known as the zero point. It's the center of the atom where there's complete stillness. There's no movement. This is where frequency comes in. What I came to understand is that everything that exists is energetic. The universe is made up of energetic subatomic particles and waves, all of which are light and sound, and they all vibrate or move at different speeds, which we call frequency. Whatever moves quickly is of a high frequency, and whatever moves slowly is vibrating at a low frequency. All physical matter, as well as the non-physical, such as our thoughts, have frequency, and everything we think gets projected out into the universe. Now, since the law of attraction is a universal law, what you put out is what comes back. That's what's meant by the saying, you reap what you sow. It's important to realize that if you're going to practice true forgiveness of anything, because if you really want to forgive and move on to create something better, you have to radically accept it first. God gave us free will to do as we wish here, but if you judge something, you're in essence fighting with God. Why? Because if something has occurred, here in the dream, it was allowed to occur. Had God been against it from the get-go, it would never have happened, and we would never have been given free will. That's the first point. The next point is that if you are judging, you're not forgiving. Judgment is a much lower frequency than love, which is true forgiveness. And if you have a problem, like cancer, that you want to let go, the last thing you want to do is create more of it by judging it, worrying about it, focusing on it. What you need to do is rise above it to let it go. Another point I want to make involves time. Since there is no time except the present moment, you cannot change anything except in the present moment. And if you've not radically accepted what you want to forgive, which is to say you've not gone into complete peace and you're not at the zero point of stillness, you will be using the present moment to extend the lower frequency from your past, which is a judgment, into the future, instead of being able to create something of a higher frequency from a place of zero point. You have to stop the low frequency through acceptance 
before you can choose again and focus on something more loving in order to jump higher to where the frequency of true forgiveness exists. It's how you move from one timeline to another or from one alternative reality to another. All alternative realities are simultaneous. Some are of higher frequency and some are lower. And if you want to change the frequency to go higher, you need to go into stillness and then focus your intent on a higher vibrational emotion in order to jump consciously into a parallel reality, one that is hopefully better for you. As Einstein stated, the mind that created the problem can't solve it. What he meant by that is that the frequency of the problem must be changed at a higher frequency if there's to be a solution. So to recap, to get rid of something or change it, like disease, first, you accept it. To do otherwise is a judgment that just extends the same low frequency into the future because what you're focused on is what you get more of. That's the universal law of attraction. What you put out frequency-wise is what you get back. The universe is holographic. It's a complete energetic mirror of everything that you're projecting. So when you think about it, it's all you. To get better, you have to give better. And that begins with radical acceptance. So as I sat at my kitchen table writing my book and listening to Jesus, I was thinking about forgiveness and radical acceptance. More importantly, I was feeling into it. And that's the key. Healing takes time. It can take one moment or thousands of years, but to heal, you need to focus your thoughts and emotions in each present moment on something with a higher vibration instead of extending the old low frequency that brought you disease. The frequency of disease is much lower than good health. So what I did was I went into radical acceptance of everything, and I kept holding that frequency by feeling the high vibration of love and forgiveness while I was writing the book. That put me into what I'll call a state of grace. I was in that state every day for a few hours as I wrote the book, which took me three weeks. After all, it's just a primer and not a huge novel, but it did the trick. My heart and my mind were in alignment and in a wonderful place every moment I was working with the tenets of A Course in Miracles and feeling it all wash over me. As a result, I moved from a vibrational frequency of disease, which is slow and low, into wellness. So to recap how I got well, I envisioned love and forgiveness and kept feeling those emotions for several hours each day over a period of three weeks. As a result, I literally jumped timelines. In essence, I changed the course of my life by creating a different future instead of more sickness, which would have been the result of extending the same frequency. I was using each present moment to feel joy, love, and forgiveness, and that's what took me higher because I held it for a certain period of time. That's the recipe for healing. Envision it, feel into it, ramp up the feeling, and then you have to take action to seal the deal. I envisioned a life of love. I felt into it. I kept expanding how much love and joy I was feeling to the point that nothing else was even a part of my world. I was so laser-focused on all those feelings, and then I took action to manifest those feelings into a loving, healthy life by actually writing the book. It was the physical writing of the book that sealed the deal. You have to take action. That's how I did it, and that's the formula. So once I deconstructed what I'd done and researched frequency, 
it became very clear to me that I needed to stay high vibe if I didn't want the cancer to return. After all, we have millions of thoughts every day, probably, I'm certainly thousands. Some of them are high vibe, some of them aren't. What counts at the end of the day is that you have more higher vibration thoughts than lower. That keeps you on a high timeline. So that's what I needed to do. And so now every day, I start my day with gratitude. Before I even get out of bed, I envision a great day by feeling happy, and I get excited about life, and then I'm going to take the action to make it happen. I go for a walk. I enjoy my breakfast. I may pray or meditate. Whatever makes me feel love, that's what I do. I visit with friends. I play with my dogs. You know, I just make it something that is uplifting and happy. And that's how I stay present focused and loving throughout the day. It's being mindful and wholehearted as I move through my day. Through mindfulness, you remember who you are. Through wholeheartedness, you allow yourself to be who you are. Pure, unconditional love. So that's the recipe for healing. It came about because I knew there had to be a better way, and I found it by studying the course and opening my heart. There are many paths home. Being a student of the course is mine. It's just one. If it resonates for you, do it. If not, fill your heart with whatever makes you happy, because it's through the heart and not the head that you will realign with love and live the life that you came to live. That's what I wanted to say today. Just remember, even if you never study the course, accept everything and then forgive it by seeing only love. And by releasing all judgment, you will create a life that is much better than maybe you even came to live, but it will certainly be better than what you would have created had you kept judging. I'm determined not to waste this lifetime. My wish for you is that you be determined not to waste your lifetime. When we all start realizing how we create our lives, we can work consciously to bring about the change we want to see in the world. And we'll do it by stepping into our power and using each present moment to be the master creators we really are and use our power to love all of the negative away. No one is coming to save us. It's our dream. Let's realize that and be the ones we've waited for. God bless you and have a wonderful, powerful, healthy, happy day. Thank you for listening to Put Cancer Behind You with Maria Barnes. So you won't miss a single episode. We hope you'll follow our program on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite pod platforms. And be sure to visit us at MariaBarnes.net, on Facebook at Put Cancer Behind You, on Twitter at PCBY01, or on Instagram at MariaBarnesPCBY. Also, you can help us grow our audience by leaving a thoughtful review. Remember, if you or someone you know is in need of cancer coaching, Maria is here to help. We'll see you next time.